Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Do the show, bitch. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Try to say this nicely. When you look at Ben, Paul, and me, it doesn't scream athlete. I know you fat bastards want to eat some of this. With Ben Higgins. Go to hell, pro sports. Stephen Woods. <laughs> that was incredible. And Paul Rindo. All right. Get ready, Tier 1s. Oh. It's Ben and Woods. Finally the chance for somebody to get on and do some good sports talk radio. On 97.3 The Fan. Good morning, everybody. Do the show, bitch. Yeah, you got We have our first at least clue, maybe glimmer of information hmm. about the Padres' future manager in the last 48 hours or so. Welcome back. It is Ben Paul Rindel with you here on 97.3 The Fan. Woods, he off for one more day. And it looks like he's going to make it all the way through his time off without missing a Padres manager being named, unless it happens in the next two hours. <laughs> uh, otherwise, he'll uh, he'll be back in time to discuss if it happens later today, or uh, maybe we won't hear anything until tomorrow. But Paulie just showed me something very interesting during I mean, this the break. Is, this is more context than any MLB insider has given over the last yes and I am not I'm not one to overthink social media posts I don't like when people try to dig into the meaning behind something that could just be a throwaway post happens all the time people will send out a tweet or put up a Facebook post it's not a life-changing event every time most of us do it multiple times per day you wouldn't want people analyzing every Facebook post you ever sent on the radio as though there were some deeper meaning to it. Uh, Sometimes you just post to post. So I don't usually indulge in this sort of behavior. However, tell us what we we have right now, Paulie. Well, Benji Gill, Ben, I mean, Hill, whatever we're going with right now, uh, recently in the last like 20 minutes posted on his Instagram story, a picture of him and a couple of guys golfing at uh, Pelican Hill Golf Club. Which is not here. Which is it's, Orange County, I think? Or uh, yeah, it's, um, it's up the coast. Pelican Hill Golf yeah. is uh, Newport. Yeah. Newport Beach. And it's a picture of them on a tee box at a golf course. But in the original post that Benji reposted, it says LFGSD with a brown and yellow heart and a baseball emoji. Hmm. All right. Again, it doesn't. That's not an announcement. Nothing specific stated there. And again, he's not even in San Diego. He's up in Newport Beach. But why the LFGSD? playing golf? But. I don't think it's irresponsible to at least read a little something into this. Clearly, LFGSD. I mean, you know, he's he's from San Diego. He's a native. He can be all about San Diego. But why today? And then specifically the then gold. with the brown and gold hearts and the baseball, the Padres colors. That That is 
Not even a veiled reference to the San Diego Padres right there. That is a direct reference. So now again, the way Instagram works is his buddy posted this, the photo, Maru, whatever. I can't, I don't know what the handle. His buddy posted it. Assuming one of the other people in this picture, probably, or the person who took the picture. I don't know if the LFGSD was in that person's post, but either way, Benji Gill put it out on his story, reposted it. It's got LFGSD with brown, gold hearts, and a baseball emoji. I mean, we know that that Benji Hill was in the running to be the Padres manager. He interviewed. He talked with AJ Preller. That's been reported. That's out there. It's been out there for a, a week or so plus. My guess would be if it didn't go well, if you know AJ called him yesterday or over the weekend and said. Benji, we appreciate you coming in and talking. Very impressive interview, but we we've decided we're going to go in a different direction, you know, with our hire. But thank you so much. We appreciate it. Would you be posting something that said LFGSD with Padres hearts and a baseball? I'm thinking right after probably that. not. I would not. I wouldn't think so either. Now, does it mean he's guaranteed got the job? No. No. But. It, it certainly feels like he's got something cooking with the San Diego Padres. Hmm. Now, maybe it's a different job. Maybe he interviewed for manager, but is going to end up as uh, the bench coach or going to get a different job uh, within the organization. I've got no idea, but that is, that's like very clearly pointing to Benji Heel and the Padres having some sort of connection here. Right now, I mean, at least positive conversations, right? Something leading in the right direction. Feel, I mean, feels very. I mean, there's some significance to that. You cannot deny that that post has some significance in this Padres managerial search. What it is, I'm not going to draw any final conclusions. But that's the most news we've had in the last, like, at least 48 hours. <laughs> maybe the last week. Maybe. I mean, since the, like, Phil Nevin news dropped. David yeah. Ross, The idea maybe. that David Ross might talk to the Padres. <laughs> I mean, that's that's literally the last actual bit of news we've had in the Padres managerial search until that Instagram post slash repost by Benji Heel. Probably, I mean, if I was if I was making Las Vegas odds now, does that change who, the odds? That I, that would change the odds for me. Ben, Benji Heel just went whatever his numbers were before. He's now a uh, he's now a higher favorite than he was twenty minutes ago before that post. Reading tea leaves out there. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen any Phil Nevin LFGSD posts. Sammy Levitt says this is certainly interesting. The hashtag. Not the uh, not the only one making that observation this morning about what uh, what Benji Heel just posted. I mean, look, it, it could very well be nothing, and we're just blowing this out of proportion. But right now, that's more than anything else we've gotten in the last like week. That's more than you know, JP Morosi. You know, the Padres could make a hire this week. Could also be next week. Could be in the next three months. We'll find out. Stay tuned to MLB Network. Like we have, we've gotten nothing over the last few days. I mean, I'd be surprised if it wasn't in the next day or two. But I, for the people who are panicking, like oh, the Padres are falling behind in the off season, and you know they've got other things to do, they need to get this done. I would say 
All right, settle down. I mean, there's no other jobs open now. They can take their time. AJ is still thinking about players and how he's going to fill his his roster for next season. He doesn't need to be interviewing managers 24 hours a day. It's it's you know you can do two things at once, and you know the process will continue. Um, but you, you feel like they've got to be in the final stages here, and that is an interesting post when you know a team is in its final stages. I mean, I wouldn't if it was me. And I was interviewing with the Padres to be their manager. And I didn't know if I was going to get the job. In fact, I knew someone else might be announced as the new manager <laughs> today in the next few hours. Probably wouldn't post something like that. I'd be probably careful. Post anything. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd probably not be posting anything at all. I'd be pretty quiet on social media. I also wouldn't have posted myself at a Los Angeles Chargers game over the weekend as well if fair, I was fair enough. in the final <laughs> stages of trying to become the San Diego Padres manager. So... You know, maybe Benji Heel uses social media a little bit differently, a little less uh, cautiously than some of the rest of us. Again, you can't you can't read any final conclusions into that, but it's interesting. I'm just going to say that. I was interested yesterday. Um, had a lot of people who pushed back, and I felt bad that I was in the camp that. This was the right decision for San Diego State to to let go of Brady Hoke. And and I understand he announced his retirement. He's pushed out the door, whatever you want to call it, you know. JD Wicker didn't didn't fire him, but he wasn't going to come back as the coach of the Aztecs next season. And I got even at work yesterday, I was talking to Kimberly Hunt and they were saying, Well, I mean, he did, you know, he did a lot of good things as man as the head coach at San Diego State. And he should be, you know, applauded on the way out the door. And and I felt bad because I I said, you know, well, I mean, had a, he did have a couple of good seasons. His second season in in 2010 was was really good. And then he went and became the head coach at Michigan. And then his second season during the pandemic, when they were playing up in Carson, was was pretty good. You know, they got to the Mountain West Championship game, which they lost big time when they got <laughs> ravaged by COVID and had like no players. And then the other four seasons were mediocre or bad as head coach. Is that really is that enough to say that like Brady Hoke goes down and like one of the great head coach ball history? I, I know the bar is very low on that, but I mean Rocky Long had a really solid like decade tenure of winning season after winning season, consistency at the helm. And sure. Brady Hoke may have helped set him up at the beginning for success, but Certainly, it was Rocky who carried it on for a long time, and it was Rocky's success that that helped Brady in his first couple of seasons, including that 12-win season in 2021, and then the last two years, 10 and 13, and completely going in the wrong direction. I, I apologize, but I just don't see what what was so great about Brady Ho. I think he's a decent guy. I think he's a, a not a bad defensive coach, but I mean, we saw him fail at Michigan. We saw him bounce around for years. What am I missing here that so you know, like so many Ball people are State. still in? I mean, a nice run at Ball State that helped him get the job at San Diego <laughs> State. I, I feel like I'm being mean about this because I don't, you know, you don't want to kick a guy when he's down. And obviously, Brady Hoke is down. Uh, you know, he's had some comments. He kind of kept going with the retirement story. It was like, well, you know, I just I knew it was time. Well, you knew it was time because you didn't. Yeah, I don't think he had any other choice, yeah, but other than it's time. Say in the matter, and and I certainly wish him the best. And you know, and 
don't have an ill I don't have any ill will toward Brady Hoke. I don't think he was uh, he wasn't a buffoon, he wasn't incompetent, he was doing the best job he could, simply wasn't working. The offense was not anywhere near where it would need to be to keep his team interesting in college football right now and the, and the defense was regressing and taking steps in the wrong direction. Happens. I mean, coaches, you know, they're they're hired to be fired in college football, in college basketball, in baseball, wherever. It's just part it's just part of the reality of being a coach. And it, it was absolutely time for Brady Hoke to go. And it was past time. I, I mean it was yeah, well, I mean, you can argue that. It, you know I, I wouldn't have fired him before this season. I mean, last season was kind of disappointing, but I, d- I didn't think it was quite time. It was this was the hot. Did seat you think season. after last year they were trending in the right direction? No, I thought I thought last season put when him on a their, hot their seat. Backup safety is their best quarterback. Yeah, or whatever I, it was. last season put him on a hot seat. And when you're on a hot seat and you lose seven out of eight games in the middle of your season, you get fired as coach. It's it's just as simple as that. It's you don't have to. Read too much into it. You don't have to analyze Benji Hill's social media feed to understand that it was time for Brady Hoke uh, to be out as as the head coach of the Aztecs yesterday. And and I don't know why I felt like I was being I wasn't trying to be mean about it. I'm not taking gratuitous shots at Brady Hoke. I just simply don't see the I don't see the resume there that supported him going on. This this is absolutely the right decision by JD Wicker to move on. And now he's got to hire another head coach. And when you think about it, J.D. Wicker's been at San Diego State. How long has J.D. Wicker been back as athletic director now? I would say eight or nine years. Say, I yeah, mean, it's, it's, eight, it's been a while. He's essentially never really hired a head coach in, in really any of his sports, at least from the outside. Yeah. He... Uh, he replaced Brian. He replaced Steve Fisher with Brian Dutcher, head Which coach was in Wayne. Known was for years before yeah, was, we JD knew that we knew that was going to happen. He replaced Rocky Long with with Brady Hoke, who was already on staff and and got promoted. He re- recently just replaced Mark Martinez with uh, Sean Cole, the pitching coach uh, for the baseball team. Didn't go outside to hire anyone. He can't do that with this hire, correct, Paul? Would you be like if Ryan Lindley was promoted to head coach from offensive coordinator right now? It's not going to fly for Aztecs fans. I don't think so. Kurt Maddox, the defensive coordinator, it's not going to fly. You need to go out and get an extra. You need to go outside the family right now. I mean, yeah. You if you want to talk to some people who have had Aztecs ties in the past, go ahead. But you can't just promote someone who's already there to be the head coach this time. They need some fundamental changes in their football program. They need new blood and new energy to come into San Diego State to turn what should have never been a last-place program in the Mountain West back into at least a team that's competing for conference titles, at the bare minimum. I mean, this is a program that should have the potential to at least be a group of five playoff contender. When they expand the playoff and there's an automatic playoff spot be for the, the best group of five team, the Aztecs have to be in the mix with this next head coach. You've got the facilities. You've got the new stadium. Yes. You live in San Diego. You've got everything working for you. You just They have not been able to put it together with recruiting and getting the star players and getting any like flashy star players. Whereas over the last 10 years, you've had guys like... Uh, Donnell Pumphrey, Rashad Penny, like you've had good players here that go on to decent NFL careers, but you got to put it together. And it starts with the head coach, starts with recruiting. We had the conversation a million times 
you know, you need the star player, the star quarterback to be able to throw the ball, but you can't get that star quarterback unless you throw the ball, and you can't throw the ball unless you have a good quarterback. Like, it's the chicken or the egg conversation, and it's time that San Diego State gets back into the conversation there. So this truly should be a national search for the next head coach. And uh, with that in mind, we're going to have a national college football writer and insider, Bruce Feldman, join us uh, coming up at 9 o'clock. He's already got a list. He came out with it yesterday like, all right, here should be the top candidates for San Diego State. I'm J.D. Wicker. I start with that Bruce Feldman list right now, and I'm making my calls, and I'm going down, and I'm setting up my well, interviews. You know, in a few weeks, there will be a lot more head coaching Openings. vacancies in college football. Right now, though, you look around, you've got, what, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Boise State, and San Diego State. San Diego State's by far on the number four on that list of four schools as far as uh, desirable jobs, but it shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be lower. They should. Where should they be on? The list? No, they they, they are. Be, yeah. They're they're placed properly at yeah. four out of four. But that's the problem. That San Diego State's not a desirable job. It, yeah, it, it should. It be. should be a very. Some people say it is. I mean, everyone. I always calls the San Diego State a sleeping giant in football. I mean, they should be better than they are. They're not there. They did it in basketball many years ago. And guess what? They were. They were a sleeping giant in basketball. It took Steve Fisher to wake up the giant and turn it into a national program. They need to hit a Steve Fisher-like home run with this hire and do the same thing they did with basketball with football, or football will not survive at San Diego State. All right, we're going to take a timeout. I've got um, a couple of Padres items that have dropped this morning some uh, new Jeff Passan stuff that I just saw and rumors of the Padres potentially dealing away a veteran member of their bullpen in the offseason oh, as good. well just saw just that pop we up yeah I thought you were trying to add bullpen help not subtract it here uh, we'll get to that coming up don't forget you can tune in to kick off with Boomer and Valente every Friday night at 6 p.m. here on 97.3 the fan as they do all their picks for the NFL weekend it is also live on the free Odyssey app presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it and by Lowe's Lowe's knows home improvement we'll be back with those uh, Padres tidbits after traffic here on 97.3 the fan Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Some juicy new tidbits from Jeff Passan dropping here this morning. Welcome back, Ben Higgins. Paul Rindle with you. Stephen Woods back tomorrow here on 97.3 The Fan. There's one MLB insider you, you really trust above all others. It's, it's Jeff Passan. His info is... Without a doubt. It's not 100%, but it's better than others. And He wrote this morning first about the, uh, the possibility of a Juan Soto trade. And he, he's very reasonable about it, but he does say there's the entire industry believes the San Diego Padres are going to trade Juan Soto. And it, it simply has to do with payroll reduction. 
He looks at the the commitments they've made, and there's really no one else on the roster that they can reasonably deal and expect to save any significant money. Sure, he says you could trade Hassan Kim. Let's say seven million. That's a drop in the bucket. You know, when you're trying to go from two hundred and fifty-five million to two hundred million, seven million doesn't get you there. Thirty-three million, you know, for Juan Soto's arbitration number. That makes a big difference from from last season to this season. So there remains that belief that Juan Soto is going to be traded. Uh, he writes, though, that, yes, it would be an awful look for the team to give up a prospect of James Woods' caliber, not to mention C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Robert Hassel, and Jarlin Susana, only to turn around after a season and a half and punt. But it's a sound enough perspective for the Padres to have internally discussed their options if they do move Soto. The obvious focus is on acquiring near-major-league-ready starting pitching. Teams rich in that include the Yankees, Clark Schmidt, Drew Thorpe, Chase Hampton, the Cubs, Ben Brown, Jordan Wicks, Hayden Wesneski, and the Mariners. Uh, Brian Wu, Emerson Hancock, uh, Bryce Miller, he mentions. Not sure if the Mariners would part with him as well. That's what... Jeff Passan is talking about this morning. But he also had another nugget deeper in this very long column. And he says that the San Diego Padres are actively trying to move Scott Barlow ahead of Friday's non-tender deadline. Well, they just acquired. They just the acquired deadline. the trade deadline from the Kansas City Royals. The only guy that had control beyond last they season. They have uh yeah, he's locked up for next year. Last year um scheduled to make about 6 million dollars next year. While he was very good in 25 appearances for the Padres after his trade from Kansas City pass and rights, Barlow's stuff has regressed and the estimated 6 million he has owed in arbitration could be prohibitive. Well, that's not what was sold when Scott Barlow was acquired. He was acquired thinking He's a veteran arm. You've got bullpen holes. He can fill one of them next season, even potentially as a closer with Josh Hader going. If Robert Suarez doesn't step up, you've got a veteran in Scott Barlow, who's at least done it before for the Kansas City Royals that might be able to move in. And while $6 million isn't nothing, it's also not you know free agent-type money. <laughs> and he was actually good with the Padres for the most part. Um, you know His numbers improved, seemingly working with Ruben Niebla. The idea that they could non-tender Scott Barlow, like give, they could give him up for nothing, essentially, before this week so they don't have to pay him, and then he'd become a free agent, is very concerning. Because there's value there in, in Scott Barlow. And if you can't find a trade partner, it, he feels like someone you need to have. He makes your team better next season. That's a valuable commodity to have. Maybe slightly overpaid at $6 million, but... I mean, the Padres were willing to take it on last year. Are you telling me there's no other team that is not going to be desperate enough for pitching that <laughs> that they wouldn't be considering Scott Barlow in the future? If that's the case, then AJ made another huge mistake in bringing him on in the first place at the trade we, deadline last we, year. Are we that broke here in that's, San Diego? Feels a little bit, you know, <laughs> like. Hmm. I mean, Peter Seidler, and again, because we haven't heard from him in a while due to his his health issues. Never expressed any concern about budget to us or really anyone else. Correct? Yeah. Has he ever like has he ever cried and said, There's just no way I can sustain there's he's never said anything other than full steam ahead. We're trying to win a championship. This is not you know, my my goal is not to be making money in the short term. It's to win a championship and be the owner of the Padres in our family for decades to come. 
it would be very concerning if all of a sudden we found out that there was never really enough money behind any of these moves. <laughs> what have you been doing the last couple of years then? We were all in for one year and we didn't yeah, make I the mean, playoffs. You'd, you'd know that the – it just it would stagger me to think that a man as sharp as Peter Seidler, the entire strategy is let's spend ten times more than we can afford and then, well, you know, we'll figure it out in a year. No, no one runs their business that way. It would be like the worst run organization in sports history. Uh, I mean, no Some one of the runs, worst decision making. No one ever. runs their business that way. That they we we are going to spend so much more than we can possibly afford. We're going to lock ourselves up into these huge contracts with no way to get out of them because we're going to give no trade clauses. But then we're going to have to get out of them in a year. Who would do that? That doesn't make any sense at all. Even AJ Preller, as reckless as he has been as general manager. I mean, even he would like pause and go. So, if I sign all these guys, and then I'm going to have to shed sixty million dollars of payroll next year, he wouldn't want to do that. That doesn't make a lot of sense. That the Padres, the plan was always to overspend, lock yourself up into giant contracts, and then what? <laughs> and then what? It doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. Also, I don't um, like this. I don't like this. Also, all. quickly here, had some news drop from Kevin Acey of the Union Tribune on the Padres' managerial search. Like five minutes after we saw Benji Heel's Instagram post and LFGSD and Padres' heart colors and baseball, it's not believed that Benji Heel is in the running <laughs> anymore for Padres' manager, according to Kevin Acey. In fact, he writes that Momentum seems to be building toward Phil Nevin as the next manager of the San Diego Padres. That it, he says it's uh, it's believed in the organization to be down to Nevin and Mike Schilt as the the biggest favorites remaining, um, and a growing sense of momentum behind Nevin. He writes as the process plays out, but he also says that it's widely believed that there are other candidates who have been interviewed that we don't know about that have not been reported by anyone. So the idea of a mystery manager still remains possible and out there. And as for a timeline, um, you know, we heard last, last week, we heard maybe Friday last week and we heard Monday or by middle of the week. And now Kevin writes that the decision on Bob Melvin's replacement could come as soon as Tuesday. That's today. Okay. And is expected no later than Thursday, according to several people in the organization. Okay. Well, but if he's talking to the same people we'll that right we've been here. talking to, they just keep pushing this back a couple of days every time we talk to them. Right. Oh, yeah, no, it's Thursday or Friday. No, maybe over the weekend. Definitely Monday or Tuesday. Probably press conference. No, Tuesday or Wednesday. Could be Thursday. Should be before the winter meetings, but yeah. you never know. You know, We'll do it at the Christmas party in, in December. You have plans for uh, New Year's? We'll do it New Year's New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve manager party for Maybe the San Diego Padres. Maybe we can have AJ come by the Christmas and holiday extravaganza. Perfect. And announce the new the manager. studio on December 20th, and he will make the announcement live on the I air. love that plan. That, I mean, I know where it's a non-sports day, but we could make an exception. If oh, AJ, yeah. if you want to come in and announce your new manager during our Christmas and holiday extravaganza on December 20th, the floor will be yours. You can have any segment you want to come in and do that. <clears throat> I'm going to play this Jim Harbaugh audio. Jim Harbaugh has lost his mind. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh and his chickens. He's he's a lunatic. He's Crazy. Michigan has turned their football program over to a lunatic. <laughs> it's 
coming up next here with Ben and Paul on 97.3 The Fan. Second uh, biggest fan name, at least on our show, uh, coming up at 9.15 this morning. Stay tuned and listen. If you hear your name called at 9.15, you are our biggest fan for the day. You'll have 10 minutes to call us back to win a sweet night at the Odyssey Suite next season with friends and family and the 97.3 The Fan hosts. Uh, but there's three chances each day. you got to listen in to win. During our show, 9.15 is the time. So that is coming up in about 35 minutes from now, so stay tuned. Going to get into um, just... I, I actually I try not to be overly outraged at sports. I don't want to be that, you know, Skip Bayless, Tony Kornheiser, Stephen A. Smith, sportscaster, but sometimes it just comes out in me when I, I watch something like Jim Harbaugh's audio from yesterday, and I just that kind of little bit of righteousness starts rising up from within and going i actually have the platform that i can call out his bsery that i heard yesterday so we'll get to some of that from uh the michigan head football coach yeah right after and paulie's got some even more amazing audio from harbaugh that uh, you need to stick around for after traffic here on 97.3 the fan all right just quick reset you you kind of know the michigan scandal by now had an assistant guy former Military intelligence expert Connor Stallions, who was buying tickets, going to future Michigan opponents, kind of scouting their sideline, videotaping, and and basically trying to figure out the other team's signals and and play calls out to the that's a no no offense and defense. It's it's specifically prohibited actually in the co- in college football's rules in the Big Ten. You can't go do that in person scouting electronic, you know, monitoring of the other teams. Now, if you have someone during the game on the sidelines who's looking over at the other side and, you know, the other team's holding up their play cards and you figure out what the play cards are, fine. It's fair game. You figured it out during the course of the game. It's all part of competition. But to do so in advance with a guy in the stands is is a no-no. It's in the rules there. Jim Harbaugh was suspended this week by the Big Ten for the final or last week for the final three games of the regular season. Kind of a half punishment because they're not done with their investigation, but everyone in the Big Ten is so ticked off about it and Michigan's having this great season that they feel like you gotta do something. So the Big Ten steps in and goes, All right, here's what we're gonna do for now. Harbaugh, you're out for three games. Michigan, of course, they're all up in arms like, hey, you're not even done with your investigation yet. This is unfair. So they plan to go to court. And there is a hearing scheduled for this Friday in front of a judge to try to get a a temporary restraining order, a TRO, 
to basically nullify the suspension and get Jim Harbaugh back on the sidelines for Saturday. Jim Harbaugh spoke to the media yesterday and addressed uh, the hearing coming up on Friday. I'm going to talk on uh, Friday. Um, you know, just looking, just looking for uh, for that opportunity. You know, due process. Uh, not looking for special treatment. Not looking for a popularity contest. Just looking for the merit of uh, what the case is. You know, I senior in high school had a civics class and talked about government justice and what I took away from that class was that you're innocent until proven guilty that was 40 years ago but um, like that opportunity he has a very odd cadence <laughs> he does he talks awkwardly and that was a lot of words that could have just been uh, about two seconds. Well, I'm going to talk on uh, Friday. That's all you had to say. I'm, gonna yeah. sa- I'm saving my comments for yeah, Friday. Yeah, saving my comments for Friday. <laughs> well, he obviously, he said he had a civics class 40 years ago. But he obviously didn't pay that close of attention. He learned words and phrases like due process <laughs> and innocent until proven guilty. But those refer to... The American legal system. When you're facing charges that you've committed a crime and are going on trial, absolutely, that is your right. It does not refer to the rules of the Big Ten or NCAA football (laughs) at all. It has no relevance on the rules of the Big Ten. So you're kind of talking out of school here. Let's. Where really is your legal education coming from, Jim Harbaugh? I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly how it's uh, how it's going to go. Um, I'm going to be able to go though. I don't know if I'm going to be. That's not my dance floor, you know. I'm not the uh, not an attorney. Always wanted to be. You know, watched a lot of shows. Watched Judge Judy. You know, a lot. But uh, always kind of felt like it'd be cool to get up there and thunder away at a jury like Tom Cruise and uh, a few good men. Uh, or be a judge, like Judge Judy, but alas, I did not go to law school. So uh, this will be, I guess, really the one first time I've ever really been to, been in uh, this situation. So I was a court reporter for KB one time, but uh, yeah, first time being kind of in there and out, you know, right there instead of just watching. Stop with all the pauses in every... Sentence you utter. Well, Ben. Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> what makes you uh, um, say that? He just wants to get up on the stand and yell, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> you can tell. That's all he really wants. By the way, how much Judge Judy have you watched? I'm told that football coaches work dawn until dusk. They've got no time for family you or anything. You can't handle the truth. They've got no time for family or anything else. Except for watching plenty of Judge Judy in the afternoon. He's been on Judge Judy. He's been in the background. He was actually in Judge Judy. He's like in the the audience or whatever. Oh, he's attended a a taping of Judge Judy before. Yes. That's where he's getting his legal education from. Yeah. Well, as with any good football coach, you're going to try to turn even the worst of situations to your advantage. And Jim Harbaugh seems to think that this entire mess... 
that is of his own staffers and, and teams and his own at least negligence in not monitoring it, his responsibility somehow makes Michigan America's team. Watching it from where I was watching, I was like, how could you not see this? You know, like, you know, these players, I mean, Blake Corum with the, with the, with the nose bloodied and, um, you know, the emotion of the team, the, the, um, the, you know, the perseverance, you know, and then the, just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean, yeah, Watson, I would have to say, I mean, everybody, it's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, America loves a team that, that, uh, you know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes what the naysayers and, you know, critics, so-called experts think. Um, that's my favorite kind of team. And, yeah, watching it from, from that view on the television, I, it was finally people get to see what I see every day, you know, in these players and these coaches. Oh, yes, because America famously loves the Houston Astros post-cheating scandal and the New England Patriots, the love that the New England Patriots get after Spygate and Deflategate. No, you're not America's team. No one likes Michigan right now. (laughs) I mean, even the Michigan fans who are so righteous in their indignation about, hey, this is, it wasn't even in the rules specifically that you can't do this. This is a gray area. That's not the argument that you think it is. That, that Michigan was operating in a gray area in sports. That's defense of what was going on at Michigan. You were trying to create. Here's a, how we were actually yeah, cheating. You're trying to create a non-level playing field in what is supposed to be. I mean, I get college sports is big business, but it's still supposed to be college athletes going up against each other on a somewhat level playing field to determine who's the best football team, not who spends the most on sending some scout to the future opponent's games to steal the signals the best. That doesn't tell me anything about who the better football team is. It tells me who's the better cheater. So when Jim Harbaugh tries to frame this as uh, it's us against the world, we're the underdogs, everyone loves an underdog. No, you're not. Everyone loves America's taking team. down. Everyone loves taking down the big baddie who is trying to get away with something, and they get their comeuppance in the end. People are going to be cheering for Ohio State. No one likes Ohio State, and they're still going to be cheering for Ohio State against Michigan this year to take you down. So enjoy your status as college football's villains here in 2023, Jim Harbaugh. And then you can go back home and enjoy your chickens. The chickens, yeah. He, yeah. So Jim Harbaugh, this was like a 30-minute press conference yesterday. I know because I listened to most of it sifting through. It 26 minutes of pregnant pauses yes. while he's waiting yeah, to say the next minute, thing. It's actually a three-and-a-half-minute press conference if you take out all the pausing. Uh you just heard him. I mean, he's acting like he's on trial for murder, and, and this is a major big deal. So my question to Jim Harbaugh is: If you're making this such a big deal, and this is, you know, your your due process in court and all that, what, what are you doing, spending two and a half minutes talking about chickens? Uh, he was asked about. I think this, the question was something about spending time at home Zaloon. with your wife while you've been suspended, and here's what Jim Harbaugh had to say. Sarah doesn't like when I talk about her. She does not like this, so I apologize to Sarah before I, uh, before I, I say this, but um, that should get mad at me and uh, get after me. 
Um, sometimes I get angry, and I got two options. You know, I can, I can come back and fire back, and I'll show her who's boss, or I can turn right around, go out, feed the chickens, you know, clean out the coop, cut the lawn, edge it, you know, work for, for, uh, for hours till that, uh, till that. It always, it always is the the better resolution. And that's um, just how I treat things, you know, since, uh, since I was real, real young. And uh, it's been productive, been highly, highly productive, uh, the things to get accomplished from that work. Do you really have chickens, or is that just an analogy? I do have chickens. I have chickens. Yeah, we have chickens. Uh, that was COVID, COVID year, 2020. Yeah, uh, it's Easter. 2020. We get it. I want to tear my ears out. And um, as as before, I think they even shut things down. But went to co- uh, Tractor Supply, got my got the chickens, brought them home for Easter, and uh, just little chicks, you know, your kids, and uh, they loved them. You know, they they love those chickens for you know about a week. Pause it just for a second, Paulie. <laughs> He, he's your grandmother telling you a story that you can't get out of. I mean, it's like you get you can't get to get, it away from it. Just get to the point, man. Twenty twenty <laughs> pandemic, COVID. Uh, Where are we going here? It's March. Uh, Can I get off this train? It's March twelfth. <laughs> Might have been March fourteenth. <laughs> but it's COVID. Doesn't matter. It was March. Extraneous detail, man. <laughs> you know, actually, it was March thirteenth. <laughs> the chicks, and then the chicks became teenager chickens, and then. Um, Became adult chickens. Yeah, that's how growth works. All, uh, all <laughs> hens, egg layers. So you got chickens and they grew? Yeah. Is that what you're telling us? Hens, egg layers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the one who takes care of them. Um, and the respect that I have for chickens. Oh, my you know, there was, God. There was a time when I said that chicken is a nervous bird. And I don't eat chicken. I don't eat meat, you know. But uh, I was dead wrong. I, I stand corrected. Uh, Wait. These chickens are low maintenance and high production. <laughs> I mean, they lay they lay an egg every 26, 27 hours, and uh, they just they need water, they need food, and uh, that's how animals function. I, too. I let them out in the yard, and we run around, and they're happy to see me. They're happy to see me. There's there's times when I'm doing good things for other people, and they don't they're not as happy to see me as my chickens are. So. Uh, it's good. It's good for my mental health as well. And now, uh, get fresh eggs every day. I, I, just, I guarantee you the chickens are going to each other going, will this guy ever stop talking? <laughs> what is going on here? Can you imagine just sitting in that press conference? I'd just be looking is around a, like, is what, that what a, are we doing Is here? that a bit or is that his actual personality? Because honestly, he's a weird. who would weird hire dude. him? I get it. He's had success. He had success at USD, at Stanford, with the 49ers, and now at Michigan. How? I don't understand how someone like that could even get a job in American <laughs> society. He is such a loon. Yeah. And and Absolutely yet, could and yet they're undefeated and, and maybe headed to the college football player. <laughs> I don't know any I don't understand anything, apparently. Mm. Okay. I bet our next guest has had uh, some interactions with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that leads us right into some more college football talk. Bruce Feldman uh, from The Athletic has a list of potential Aztecs hirings. I mean, hey, find the next Jim Harbaugh out there. Just uh, the person who has the most pauses in their 
train of thought could be the next Aztecs head coach. Talk to Bruce Feldman coming up next here with Ben and Paul on 97.3 The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 